Freak FM. Live from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning. <laughs> Push the button. Push the button, Ronnie. And uh, good morning, Greg. Uh, good morning. Good Perry. fall. Good fall weather out there today. I tell you what, this is some nice weather. Feels. As long as we don't get a whole lot of rain out of it, but I love this cool weather. I thought we were going to get some rain today, but maybe not. I did. I thought we were going to get some last night. It, it started getting dark over in, in, in It gets dark every night. And the clouds started getting dark before the, oh, I see. the sun got down. Mm-hmm. I thought, hmm, this might get interesting. Ronnie, um, no hat. I don't think I've ever seen the top of your head. There it is. Oh, okay. Right. It's, it's in its position on the throne. <laughs> You're dressing down today. Well, I'll tell you boys one thing. That was a pretty interesting race last week at Talladega. And when we make our picks every week, if I had known there was going to be... And I thought about picking Al Marola because he's been coming so close. But if I had known there was a car with a big piece of bacon on the side of it... <laughs> bacon makes everything better. I, I would have picked it. That steak I had last week had bacon on it. Well, you put bacon on a milkshake, I mean. And this, this uh, baked sweet potato that I ordered was supposed to have bacon on it, but it didn't. And I was disappointed. Well, it might have fell off over there on the steak. But anyway, the Talladega race was interesting, and uh, they um, looked like a... It was going to be which Stuart Haas car was going to win it because they absolutely they dominated totally the week. Totally dominated. Yeah. yeah. There, there was no doubt about that. But what, what I really liked about the deal was the fact that you had breakaway packs. Yeah. You know. You did. It was a little bit closer to what we had in the old days. Instead of all of them running, you still had the two-wide deal. And a couple of three-wides. And some of them three-wide. But you had packs that could break away. Now... I don't know exactly what the deal was with the, the Stuart Haas package they had because they just, they hooked up and they just like you know no gone. I wonder if it's possible have they have they hooked up in the the wind tunnel together to make their cars better there, at, at drafting like that. There there are wind tunnels now that they use and they put both cars in the tunnel and because so, once put, they got together it was Katie bar the door and it was all four of them yeah. And um, I mean that. that most most of the uh, Amarillo was was the number four man. He was the number four man. That's what I was getting ready to say. And Kurt Busch was the number one man. And that last uh, when they had to go to overtime, mm-hmm. he didn't have the gas to do it. So and he because, runs out of gas coming off the fourth turn. Because Eric was the number four man, he was able to save a little more gas than the, the yeah. front three guys. And that's the. I mean, you always save gas if you're the last guy in the draft, right, Greg? I mean, the the guy pulling the trains, the one using the. All the steam. Yeah. It, it, well, lots of times the way it's been since restricted plate racing, Perry, the, the, the last guy, yeah, he saves more gas than the front guy, but uh, usually one in one in a, in a rocking cradle in there about third in line. 
uh, he ain't on the gas much. Right. So he can really he can really save a lot because he's uh he's getting a draft off the front, he's getting help from the rear and all those things. But uh yeah, that thing did come down to gas mileage. But I think the fact, you know, they did take the restrictor plates off. The motors didn't have quite as much horsepower, but they looked like they were a lot more drivable. And it, to me, it's a step in the right direction. I mean, uh, it was unusual. You know, you had the Stuart Haas cars going one, two, three, four. To well, you know, now, soon. while it was happening, when they would have a restart, and usually Al Marola would be the one that would have to hesitate to let one of the Stuart Haas cars come from the other line. The down other line, yeah. And I thought, is he being a good teammate or is he dumb? No, I think he was being a good teammate. And it ended up paying off for him. Well, they've all won a race now. There's a four-car team, and all four have won a race. I just, uh, I'm not throwing off on anybody here, but I wonder how Miss Danica Patrick feels about that because she drove that car for two or three years. and Yeah. She did come out of the box the first time with a pole at Daytona, but you know that's just putting your foot down and hanging on. She, uh, well, but you know she's a good, she's an Indy car driver. She I never was she, a stock car I think driver. She if you ask me, her Peter, Peter Principle in stock cars that's rising to your level of incompetence. I'm not saying she was totally incompetent, <laughs> but, but like you said, she's an Indy driver. She's an Indy driver, and she won an Indy, and she probably still could. She almost won Indy as a rookie, but anyway, she drove that number ten car for three or four years, and. And I didn't win, and this is Al Marola uh, wins, you know, pretty quickly in there. Yeah. So, uh, and he deserved it. And once again, now Talladega, um, we could make a list as long as your arm of everybody that won their first race there. So this is not unusual. Did, did I go to sleep at some point watching it, or was there not a big one? There were several semi-big ones. Okay. I mean, they tore up a lot of cars and uh, some pretty hard hits. But no, there wasn't a, one with fifteen or twenty cars yeah, involved. They didn't have that one, but they uh, they had some others. Uh, they some, had many big ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> many big like ones. In a, a mini bike. Right. You know what I'm saying? They, they uh, uh, I think uh, Larson took a pretty hard hit. One that was interesting, I thought, was uh, Jimmy Johnson going through the yeah. grass one time and coming back and losing the lap and getting it back, and and he ended up finishing in the top ten. So he did a he did a good job. But we. Uh, Got a special guest we're going to have here shortly, who is one of my favorite old timers, and he won't mind me saying that he's seventy nine years old, and that's uh, that's something to be proud of. Well, it's Captain America, Raymond Williams, who uh, raced for six years back in the early seventies, uh, and he has probably as many funny stories and is such a great storyteller. He's if he's got a drawback, it's he he loves to jump on NASCAR and. Uh, say what's wrong with the sport and this that and the other and how they're messing up and i i love what, uh, raymond but you got to steer him away from that and get him uh and get him telling stories because he's he's in the middle of everything he actually drove in the first stock car race he ever saw really he went and climbed the fence at the war at the fall race at charlotte one year and i uh, saw elmo langley and asked him um how can I buy one of these cars? He was a bartender in, in Durham at Duke University. <laughs> yep. Right there on the Correct. main drag in, in uh, Durham. And I said, well, I you know, I ain't got time for you right now. You go over here and talk to this guy. And he pointed him over to Bill Seifert. They went over to Bill Seifert and they, uh, he uh, bought his way into the team. And they were a two-car team. And he went to Daytona in 19... What was it, Greg? You got the sheet there. About 71. And... Yep. Um, yep. 
1970 and went down there and um, he ran the qualifying race and he'd never been in a race. So he had a... That ain't too shabby. No, it's not. And he did it for several years and actually got real good at it towards the end. And now um, Raymond will be on with us in our second segment with a lot of stories. We just got to... We got to... Greg, Ronnie, direct him away from bad-mouthing NASCAR and keep him on, on target well, with uh, I mean, the we, stories. We tend to be a NASCAR-friendly show, but we will Let's say when we think something's wrong. Yeah. But oh, we don't harp on it. Yeah. yeah. We've always been that way. And uh, we always will be as long as we're on the show, as long as we have the show. But Raymond is one of the most <laughs> colorful speakers. He's done a lot. And he, uh, he had his own part of contributions that he gave to NASCAR. Uh, like I say, he wasn't the guy that run dead last. He was somebody that run about mid-pack. That's right. And uh, Probably towards the back of the mid-pack. Yep. And he done it on like a minimal budget, and he done it because he wanted to do it mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And uh, I'd like to see what Raymond would have done, you know, in a Junior Johnson car or a Bud Moore car or a Petty car or a Wood Brothers car. I think he would have surprised a lot of people. But he never even sniffed a decent car. No. I mean, he never even took a, that, that I know of, a practice lap in a decent car. He, he never did. And uh, Ford man. Yep, loved him Ford. And uh, he's Captain America. Captain America. And yeah. I'll, I don't want to tell all of these stories. And we've had him on before, but I think it's probably been a couple of years. So yeah. we might tell a... I might get him to tell a story that he's already told, but for some of our listeners that haven't heard him, you know, how he got the name Captain America. Or if you like me and forgot. (laughs) Listen, I've heard this stuff over and over, and I even wrote a chapter in a book about it, and I I look forward to hearing him again. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, he's just... Well... Uh, Oh, I I had an interesting experience this week. Got a call from a doctor's office. I go next week for my yearly physical, so they have to do a, a questionnaire. Yeah. And uh, one of the questions they asked me was, did I have trouble remembering names or where I laid something down? <laughs> and I said, yes, but that's nothing new. <laughs> that was on the last questionnaire. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've been through that. I've been through that. And one of the deals they've done with me, they, they give you a, a thing of, uh, you know, they ask you that question about if you have trouble missing things or yeah. laying something down. And they take a basket and have it full of paper clips. I mean, uh, 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 whatever you hang your clothes on, or whatever. Clothes hangers. Clothes hangers. Yeah, cl- well, not clothes hangers. The the the, the things you hold on the clothes hangers, the little wood things. Oh yeah, I know, yeah. Clothes pins. Clothes pins. Clothes pins. And they got about <laughs> ten of them in there. And We're pretty bad. We couldn't even think of uh, that. And so they they say now, you just take your time. And do these, we're going to time you and, and take them out and clip them on the side of these things. They had a kind of thing marked. I was taking paper clip. I mean, the, 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 the clothespins. Yeah. And put them <laughs> on there. But I didn't quite figure out what they, where they was going with that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, they I mean, wanted to see if you could build a, a racing engine. <laughs> well. And she did, she did ask me, did I have any trouble hearing? I said, huh? Well, I tell you what, I don't know when I lost control of the show here. We went from a <laughs> we went from a racing show to a um, a, a doctor show, but uh, no, it's uh, I, 
Raymond is going to come on, of course, in our last segment. If we want to know what happened at Talladega and about the drafting and how they were able to pull it off with those four Fords, four Fords, we can uh, definitely get the answer probably from Nelson Crozier, the yeah. smartest man in racing. That's right. Smartest man, period. <laughs> yeah, Nelson um, always has the answers. Uh, he is probably not at Kansas. I don't know. He might be. I don't know. I don't I know. I can't either. remember last week if he told us who he was going or not. Well, you know, I know he likes, uh, you know, they, they built the racetrack and the world grew up around it. Yeah. Just a little town sprung up. Yeah. And uh, around that racetrack now is the, uh, well, this is the Hollywood something or other uh, 400 that they're having. The Hollywood Casino 400. So uh, that is uh, right there at the racetrack with all kinds of casinos, other casinos and Tourist attractions, so uh, they you, built a racetrack and everybody came. Have you bought a lottery ticket yet? No, I haven't. But you, Greg usually handles that for us, doesn't he? But did, but did you see what the big one is right now? Did what it go to $1.6 billion? $1.6 billion. Maybe I need to go get some of them. <laughs> when <laughs> is the drawing? The we've been having. <laughs> when is the drawing? I, I don't know. Don't they have it once or twice a week? I think it's... I think the lady, I heard somebody say Tuesday. I'm not sure about that. The Powerball's tonight, and it's, I think it's like a measly half a billion. Oh, is that all? Yeah, 400-something billion. It's not worth buying a ticket for. <laughs> but, uh, no, I believe, it's, I believe it's Tuesday, and I did see this morning where it's 1.6 billion. And, um, you know, if I won that, I probably wouldn't go to work. Yeah, I'd go back Monday. And, uh, tell, tell some people what you thought. I, no, not really. Clean out my desk. I mean, I got some <laughs> stuff I don't want to leave there. Turn in my computer, my yeah. badge. Yeah, I, I, well, since I really don't have a job, I, I wouldn't go to work. <laughs> well, well, as I always said, and I've said it time and time again, I work from daddy from as a child all the way up. But the bottom line is, I ain't never had a job. I ain't never worked a day in my life. See, that's that's the kind of job you need, and yeah. I, I wish I had one like that. But we're going to talk to another guy. I was mad when my job left. I had to sell my <laughs> job out and sell the shop. <clears throat> we're going to talk to a fellow here on the other side of the break that uh, I was just talking about, Mr. Raymond Williams, Captain America, who uh, kind of the same way. He was a bartender. He was a mercenary. He is a bar owner. And then one day he decided he was going to be a race driver for five or six years, and he did that. And so we'll talk to Raymond when we come back right after this message. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the Sign Force Hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start Your Engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I ain't plantai. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon whip, no trim. <laughs> I had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. I ain't Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, 
and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Speedy Lube and Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway, and Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube. Asheville Highway in Inman. High school football season is rolling, and so is our Friday football frenzy. The frenzy is presented by Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina. The perfect place for your family to get away. The Friday football frenzy. All season long, here on Spartanburg County's home for high school football. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. If you're riding around in your car listening to a game, and your car radio sounds like this. And you want it to sound like this. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle. Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems, and so much more. So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality. And visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com. Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway. You dream it, we build it. It's football season, which means it's time for tailgates. To make your tailgate number one, you need to visit Game Day Barbecue in Duncan. Game Day Barbecue has all your favorites, including pulled pork, smokehouse chicken, ribs, and brisket. Match any of those with their eight homemade sides. Like mac and cheese and potato salad, and you have a winning team. Game Day Barbecue, 165 West Main Street in Duncan, open from 10.30 a.m. till 8 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday. So stop in for lunch or dinner or give them a call at 864-249-6787 to cater your event or tailgate. Game Day Barbecue, we do things the old-fashioned way. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirit's apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirit's. Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. So by now you probably know that Steakhorse Restaurant and Billiards on East Main Street serves delicious burgers and steaks and has the best pool tables in town. What you may not know is that Steakhorse has recently extended their hours. That's right, Steakhorse is now open 24 hours a day and is even serving breakfast. So now you can enjoy pool tables, dartboards, cornhole, and classic arcade games anytime, day or night. Steakhorse Restaurant and Billiards, 2600 East Main Street in Spartanburg. Now open 24 hours. Hi, this is Will Pelagic. Join Phil Cornblue at The Professor and me for Sports Talk. Weeknights at 6, here on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And it is my great pleasure to welcome back one of the, as far as I'm concerned, Greg, a real racing legend, a great guy to talk to, and one that... It's always a pleasure to have on the show Captain America, Mr. Raymond Williams. Good morning, Raymond. How you doing? I'm doing good. You're already got a... His voice has a smile in it. You notice that? Oh, it does. <laughs> well, everything, the world is a laugh. <laughs> now, that's the truth. And if you can see that, you can have a fun life. 
Well, I don't know anybody that had a more of a fun life than Raymond Williams, or at least uh, the part we're going to talk about, which was uh, his involvement in uh, Winston Cup racing. And um, Raymond, we haven't had you on the show for a few years, and we've uh, we picked up a lot of listeners since the last time we did. So, uh, I mean, you're just a, a wealth of stories, and I'm sure you got some new ones. But tell our listeners how you got uh, started, because that's that's about as fascinating as anything. Well, uh, I came by Charlotte Motors. I had gone to Atlanta. I was in the restaurant business. I'd gone to Atlanta. I went down to uh, Atlanta when Chick-fil-A, their first operation was in Hapsfield, Georgia, over there near the airport. And I had gone down to, uh, I had heard about Chick-fil-A. So uh, I bought a location there in Chapel Hill and, I was going to change it over, and I was going to call it Filet a Chick. (laughs) (laughs) I had gone to Atlanta to buy restaurant equipment, and when I had gone down, I had spent the weekend down there talking to to see what type of equipment, their operation. And uh, when I went down there, I was on the way back. I came right by Charlotte Motor Speedway 85, came by the racetrack Got caught in the traffic jam Sunday morning. Just pulled over and decided to go to the race. <laughs> uh, I went to the race, and when I seen that, I had seen dirt track racing and short track racing, but I'd never seen a super speedway. I said, I got to do that. <laughs> so, oh, no doubt about it. Raymond's probably looking at it, noticed that there's a lot of pretty women around them drivers and stuff, too. I bet, I bet that didn't have a factor at all in it. But go ahead, Raymond. Well, the thing about it is it don't have any anymore. When you get old, it's, it's life ain't near as much fun. <laughs> well, keep going. 1969, you're driving by the track, and uh, and then what happened? Well, uh, I climbed over the fence when the race was over, and the first person I talked to was Elmo Langley. Now you climbed over the, the you climbed over the fence to get into the garage area, right? Yeah, and uh, when. Uh, I asked Elmo, he had a car he wanted to sell. He said, no, but he said that guy, and he pointed to Bill Seaford over there. And I went to see Seaford. He said, yeah, he had a race car. Seaford Gordon had driven the car in the at race. I just saw the car running that day. And uh, Seaford was a hell of a race car driver. But uh, Seaford never got, I mean, Seaford never got in good equipment. That's what people don't realize. NASCAR racing is so different now because of in the old days when I first started, you had maybe 10 factory cars and the 10 factory cars. And then you had about 40 or 50 independent drivers who just worked on their car at home and came to the racetrack and race. So the independent drivers were racing like hell to outrun each other. It was like a it was two classes of races racing in the same race. And if you finished in the top ten, it was like winning a damn race. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. And and like I say, it, it uh, uh, Raymond's right. You had, uh, you know, the, 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 the top cars. And uh, I can remember Raymond always had a pretty car, you know, and right. was out there running good. And I've always wanted to know this. If you put Raymond and Petty's car, or the Wood Brothers' car, or the Union's car, I bet he would have hauled butt. 
Well, right now, you take and see the NASCAR race, and that young boy that uh, got in uh, one of the cars, got in a real good car, and him and Harvick, and Harvick blasted him. I'm going to tell you one thing. That was terrible. Dwight, uh, um, that was Ross Chastain at Darlington, and I, I raised cane yeah. about it on this show when it happened. I'm telling you what, it is unbelievable. People don't realize NASCAR racing is like the WWF. <laughs> See, NASCAR NASCAR's always operated under the golden rule. You know what the golden rule is, though? Yeah, I do. Who have the gold makes, makes rules. rules. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, uh, that's a good Raymond. Get back, to the, get back to uh, you. Climb the fence in the garage area. I want to hear about how you got started. I want our listeners to hear that. Well, I I bought a car from Seaford, but I told him I said I don't want the car. I just want to drive it. <laughs> he said, "You ever drove a race car?" I said, "Yeah, I drove a race car. Hell, I ain't never been in the window one of." I asked him, I says, well, tell me something. Where are we going to race this car the first time? He said, well, we're not going to the first race of the season in 70 was uh, at Riverside, California. But he said, we're not going to California because it costs too much. Can't make no money. Well, so we'll go to Daytona in February. So I went down racing the Daytona 500. I'd never been in the window of a race car. <laughs> Raymond, do you remember how much you paid for that car? I really, I really don't remember. I really, I was in the bar business. In fact, in Chapel Hill, I had locks on the the uh, bar. I had a, a little convenience store, and I sold more beer than any other location in the state of North Carolina in 68. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe uh, that in Chapel Hill. <laughs> well, Chapel Hill had the highest consumption of alcohol per of any other city in the world. <laughs> I hadn't but, thought about that. And really, and, and <laughs> at that time, the, the drinking age was 18, right? Yeah, the drinking age was 18, but where I, where I looked up, uh, Ted Mann was athletic director for Duke University, which is eight miles away. Well, Ted Mann owned Carolina's Tribune, and he wanted me to take the cell Blue Ribbon Beer. I said, I can't make people buy what they buy what they want. But Ted says, well, come up with something. So I thought up an idea of, at that time, there was very few girls going to school at Chapel Hill. Most all of them would die. And most of the beer was being sold in fraternity houses out of beer boxes. And the beer boxes uh, the guys in fraternity houses were selling, because you had to stop selling beer at quarter to 12, have it off the table by 12 o'clock. College students didn't want to go to bed at 12 o'clock at night. They Not alone. And, <laughs> and so I came up with a deal and told Ted, I said, uh, let's, uh, uh, I rented American Legion Hut at a barbecue gave away free beer, whatever. I got all the students uh, that run beer boxes were there, and I invited them. They come, I said, every one of you works somewhere in a grocery store or something. Y'all know the cost of beer. At that time, a, a case of beer was three ninety five. dollars a little blue ribbon bottle. And uh, 
I told them boys, I said, here's the deal. I said, if y'all will buy Blue Ribbon beer, I'll get it delivered to your furniture house, and you can just take come by and pay me for it. And I'll just get the beer delivered, but you got to order 10 cases at a time. So we made a deal, and I told Ted, I said, uh, Ted, I, if I do this, i got to have a kickback. He said, what do you want? I said, I want 50 cents a case. He said, oh, that ain't no problem. He jumped quick. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. That ain't all I want. <laughs> <laughs> when, when he jumped on that one, Ted, I told Ted, I said, I want Blue Ribbon to give me a 50 cent a case kickback, too. <laughs> and I said, we got to sign a contract, though, because if we get caught doing this, we're going to all lose our license. <laughs> oh, I bet you were a very but, uh, popular person over there at that college. Well, see, in, in 64, in 64, when I opened that convenience store up, uh, the student body came to me and asked me to run for mayor for them. They wanted <laughs> thing. I told them, I said, I don't want to be mayor. But the thing about this, it looked like it was going to be good for my business. <laughs> so I, I ran for mayor of Chapel Hill in 1964. <laughs> How'd you do? Uh, I got one-third of the vote, and I had ran against Sandy McClamrock, who owned the radio station. And he had been mayor for 16 years. <laughs> and I still, he, there was only 3,000 people. But what happened... The student body was trying to get the right to vote. When the student body wanted the right to vote, uh, they uh, they wouldn't let students in Capitol Hill vote. And the students was trying to get the right to vote. Well, they had enough students standing in the planetarium parking lot to where I would have been elected. But the town knew that, and they didn't want me as mayor anyway. <laughs> I didn't want to be mayor. So when uh, they uh, had, an, had enough students there trying to register to vote, they made a deal with uh, the town of Chapel Hill, made a deal with the students. That if y'all will wait four more years for the next election, uh, we'll give y'all the right to vote. And <laughs> the students agreed to that. I didn't want to be mayor no way. I was just doing it for business purposes. <laughs> We are talking. We're we're talking to Raymond Williams and um, the Captain America, and we're supposed to be uh, supposed to be talking about some auto racing here. Raymond, I am determined to get to the end of this story here about your first race. Though, tell me when you got to Daytona with that, you and Seifert finally got down there. What? How did that go? I mean, you you were rookies with well, an, with another young man. Tab Prince was the only other rookie there. Tab had been racing for eleven years. Me and Tab took our rookie test together. And then Tab talked, and uh, I remember the morning of the 125-miler, they called me and Tab out on the uh, thing to have pictures of us with the car, and I still got Tab's picture uh, now, and uh, I took him, uh, told Tab, I said, smile, if you win this race, you're on a good picture in the paper, and he made the front page that day. <laughs> he got killed on Oh, no. He blew an engine and spun. And uh, he he had bought a car from Hilton, James Hilton, and one of those uh, wing dodges. 
No, uh, it was. I don't think it was a wing. Yeah, dodge. It, it, was. it was. It was a wing dodge. I got a picture of the crash and uh, and the the unfortunate it other unfortunate thing about it was that Seifert was the guy that ran into him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then Seifert was hurt, so I was kind of made team driver first day on the job. <laughs> but I have never figured out how in the hell I survived. You know that? Uh, I mean, it was it was unreal how dangerous it was back then. Because I know Junior and Ned Jarrett, all those guys had been quitting. Everybody was quitting. <laughs> yeah, you're right, <laughs> they Raymond. had nobody stupid enough to get out. Yeah, you were right in the middle of a bunch of that stuff. I know you told me when we wrote the, the book together that uh, you were right there when Larry Smith got killed as well and uh, Friday Hassler. Yeah. I mean, you were involved in a lot of things and Raymond Raymond had death swirling all around him, but never got never got a scratch. Well, no, I got my brain scrambled a couple of times. I know when Friday <laughs> when Friday got killed at Daytona in the hundred twenty five mile, uh, when Friday got killed, uh, Ken Squires was the announcer for ABC Wide World of Sports, and NASCAR's making a big deal. That was the first TV race. That really won't the first TV race. The first TV race at Daytona was the ABC Wide World of Sports covered 125 miles. They were doing that when Friday got killed. And Ken Squires was with ABC. And uh, Ken Squires, when I was already there, I had already gone to the hospital when they brought Friday in. And uh, I knew Friday was deceased. And, uh, but I won't about to say anything on the radio to Ken Fires about it. He interviewed me, but you won't ever see that that interview <laughs> because at the end of the interview, I said, "Well, nothing sells a ticket like a funeral." <laughs> that was <laughs> that was when Bill France Jr. decided I had to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was the, took took him a while to get rid of you, uh, Raymond. And I, I tell you what, it was uh, no. it was a colorful age, and we we uh, not like that today. Well, I'm gonna tell you what. You got you NASCAR, got about a minute to tell us. Well, NASCAR's uh, gone on a thing. They gone gone global, and see, NASCAR depended on their fans, local fans. They had North Wilkesboro, Rockingham, Charlotte, all these racetracks, and NASCAR turned their back on their fans, and that's why they're having so much trouble right now. Yep, I well, agree with that. There's a lot to that. There's a bunt to that, yeah. And, and the thing is, then on the other hand, people look at it, in the cars that people drive now, Raymond, uh, they're not like what the cars we raced, you know, when you was racing, me and Bud were racing, all this stuff. The, the, the cars are totally electronic. They got all this kind of stuff. But uh, I yeah. still cannot believe in 70, when we went to Daytona, we were still running with the cars weighed 4,000 damn pounds and we were running two and a quarter inch drum brakes all the way around. No disc brakes. And see, Daytona in 70 and then we went to Rockingham. That was the last time that uh, NASCAR ran a treaded tire because they were trying to develop the slicks for Talladega. Mm -hmm. That's right. And in 70, when we went to Talladega, I'm going to tell you one thing. That was a damn show. You know, they had this so walk out at 69, they were still scared of another walkout. I think it was 71 that they started 60 cars for the Talladega race. 
that was a real joke. Yeah, and about about thirty five of them were in the same wreck, and that was the wreck that uh, just about took Wendell's Wendell Scott from us. Oh yeah, yeah. Wendell Wendell's last race at Wendell Road was in that independent two fifty race at Faco that, that I run at the end of the season in seventy three. And NASCAR said that we were trying to protest them. We weren't trying to protest NASCAR. All it was, the only thing we had was damn race cars. We were trying to make some money for Christmas. (laughs) NASCAR was the one come up with the idea that we were protesting NASCAR. And Bill France Jr. wanted to get rid of me, so... Well, I don't don't know why anybody would want to get rid of you, Raymond, but unfortunately, not, not to... Not to be like Bill France Jr., but I got to end this interview so we can uh, uh, move okay. on move on to our next segment. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. I tell you what, we never have enough time with you, and we're definitely not going to wait two or three years to have you on again. So you just uh, you hang in there and stay in touch, and um, we love having you on the show. You're a you're a treasure. Well, I'm going to tell you what. At, at my age now, you know. I'm not sure that there's going to be a tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah, there'll, you, there'll be a tomorrow. We didn't even get around to hearing how you got your nickname. But, Raymond, we, we appreciate you coming on, and um, and thank you so much for joining us this, this morning. Very good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. That's Raymond Williams, Captain America. I tell you what, you uh, you got a whole show with Raymond Williams because you can just turn on the mic and let him go. Yeah, and the thing is with Raymond, you know, he talks about his age. And, you know, me and Perry see him, we used to always see him once a year, at least. You know, going to do the reunion things. And the guy takes care of himself. I, I mean, he looks like he's about 50 years old. Yeah, he does look a lot younger than he his 79 years. But we're going to take a break here and come back with, with uh, Nelson Crozier to hear about what we saw at Talladega and what's going to happen at Kansas. And you're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I ain't I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon with no trim. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. I ain't Tired of eating fast food for lunch every day? Wish you could have a good home-cooked meal but can't find the time? Well, now you can. Rascal's Eatery on Asheville Highway is now serving lunch. So stop on in and enjoy a meat and three plate with choices like fried chicken, country ham, or chicken fried steak. All served with your choice of homemade veggies like green beans and mac and cheese. Rascal's Eatery is conveniently located at 1455 Asheville Highway and is now serving these lunch specials every day from 11 to 3. Rascal's Eatery, serving the comfort foods you crave. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. 
Goodman. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Thanks for the memories. Want to text the show? Download our app to use the Elite Audio text line. Search Fox Sports 1400 either at the Apple Store or via Google Play now. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster, in the Spartanburg office of Jenny Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs at 864-585-8282. That's 585-8282 or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery, Scott LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. This is the sound heard immediately before you order the McDonald's new 100% fresh beef quarter pounder burgers. This is the sound heard immediately after you order the McDonald's new 100% fresh beef quarter pounder burgers. North American beef that's fresh, sizzling on McDonald's flat iron grill. A sound heard only after you order because McDonald's cooks your quarter pounder just for you. So it's hotter, juicier, and full of flavor. How's that sound? Available at most restaurants and listening area. Hotter and juicier compared to prior quarter pound beef patty. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. Good morning, Nelson. Are you at the track or the casino or back in home in Charlotte somewhere? Well, I was up in Henderson, North Carolina for um, uh, a classic car show, Drag Race Reunion, but kind of got rained out, so I'm headed back to Charlotte right now. Okay, well, you be careful out there, and uh, we're getting kind of short on time here, and I want to talk to you about some things, but let's do our picks first before uh, before we run out of time. We, uh, I started out the show by saying if I'd have known there was going to be a race car with a big piece of bacon on the side of it, I'd have picked it, and I'd have been right, but uh, anyway, Almarola was due, and I was real glad about that. Who are you going to pick for Kansas? Well, it's a rough one this week. Um I think I'll go with Keselowski. All right, he's going to take Keselowski. Uh, Ronnie, you go next. I'm going with Harvick. Going to take Harvick. Greg? Okay, we got Keselowski and Harvick. And, uh, 
That leaves you about 38 others. Oh, it leaves me about 38 others. I, I, I'll go with Larson again. Larson? Yeah. Well, that's a good pick. I'll take Logano, I reckon. So, uh, no, I'm not taking Logano. I promised Hannah I'd take uh, Chase Elliott. So, I'm going to Chase. Yeah. Well, Nelson, what, what was the... Uh, what was the drawbacks from uh, or the 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 scoop coming out of Talladega? What what should we remember? Because it was a pretty exciting race. Well, typical Talladega. Uh, you know, everybody's just glad to get out of there alive. Uh, you know, they got to stop blocking. And you know, like I think we talked about last week. Until the driver has the vested interest in the race car, he's not going to stop going out there and wrecking. Uh, and, you know, the, the team's uh, philosophy is, oh, we got a backup car. We don't mind pulling it out. Well, Dallas gets tighter. Uh, you know, you got to be uh, more careful about the money you're spending. And while the race car cost is not a major part of the budget, if you're wrecking a car every week, it is a lot. Uh, so, you know, the drivers have to have more respect uh, if they own the car or they have a piece of it or it's taken out of their salary, they're going to be a little more careful about not going out there and just wrecking the wreck. Well, that makes sense to me. I tell you, though, they um, and you're absolutely right about that. I, I want to point out, because I always go the other way, but it looked like a really good crowd. I mean, that would, I, didn't see a, I didn't see a whole lot of empty seats. No, there was a good crowd. The weather was great. Uh, you know, a lot of hype going up to the race. And, of course, uh, this race tomorrow, and they've just been on the track practicing for about 15 minutes this morning. Uh, the Stuart Haas cars and the Joe Gibbs cars seem to be uh, the fastest, but uh, that's only the last 15 minutes. Uh, but I think you got to watch out for this week. It's do or die for a number of drivers. Right, this and is an elimination race. Yeah, 42 cars. Uh, 78 car. Uh, you know, they got to win or they're going to be eliminated. Yeah, that's right. I, I tell you, Nelson, uh, yeah, that, that, that these last races, you know, everything's on the line as far as the chase goes. But what I liked was you had some breakaway packs. You know what I'm saying? I know I know you had the Stuart Haas cars that got nose to tail that could pull away, but it looked a little bit no, it looked a lot more like old-time Talladega drafting and stuff than it ever has. So I'm just oh, wondering nope. to attribute that to the 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 tapered spacer instead of restrictor plate or uh, something about it well, to me work better. No, uh, I still, as far as I know, this is still the standard restrictor plate uh, this race. The tapered spacer starts at Atlanta next year. Well, listen, what we saw last week from the Stuart Haas cars, can we expect to see that again this week? I think so. You know, uh, right now in first practice, you've got the, uh, you know, a couple of the Stuart Haas cars right up there. And, you know, they're working as a team. Um, all the cars are identical. You know, they might have different springs and shocks. But other than that, until they put the number on the car, you can't tell the 10 for the 4th the 14 or the 41. So, you know, well, they've done it. Uh, you know, Penske's pretty much done it. But I think Stuart Haas found out how to steal the cars, you know, 
to get the spoil out of the air last week, and this week they're still to get the spoil in the air. Well, if, if it happens again this week, do you see NASCAR trying to even things up and and either helping the rest of the cars or doing something to restrict the Stuart Haas cars? You never know, but I think they better leave rolling up along. Yeah. I think one thing interesting this week, Nelson, uh, going to the media side of the thing, is you're going to have Kansas coming on at 2 o'clock, and at one thirty is the... Pirelli U.S. Grand Prix in Austin. Um, so we got, I mean, and that's a huge major worldwide event. And I, I, I just wonder how the ratings will stack up against each other. I would imagine that the stock car race would, would outpull the Formula One race. But since we only have one Formula race here a year, that, that might be interesting. Uh, it will be very interesting. Uh, you know, a lot of the stock car fans are diehard. Uh, but you're the Formula One race being different. You know, a lot of people probably switch it back, or a lot of people will have one TV on one and one on the other. That's when you need screen within a screen. Well, screen within a screen, or, uh, you know, so many people now, they've got TV here, TV there, and, you know, they might bring one in and put it right next to the other, so they're watching both. Well, I think you think of Formula One, I mean, you you think personally, I think of a, a glamorous spot, which in the United States, United States might be something like uh, uh, Watkins Glen, upstate New York, or Sonoma out in California in the wine country, but this is right in the heart of Texas. I mean, Austin, Texas, the capital of uh, of our biggest state in the lower 48, and uh, I, I the, that. If you just tune in for a few minutes to see a couple of laps around that track, I think it's uh, worth your while, and then switch back over and watch the stock cars. But I'm, I'm like you said, I'm going to be one of the people that try to watch both of them. Right, well, I've never been to that track, but they say it's beautiful. Yep, yep. I'd like watching open wheels too. I got, I got where I'm interested in the, you know, Hamilton and Vettel and all those guys that go out there and run. Here, do you know who's carrying that? Uh, yes, I do. I've got it right here. And as a matter of fact, that is on uh, AB. Uh, I'm sorry, hold it. Wrong piece of paper. It is Sunday at one thirty on ABC. Oh, okay. On the main uh, on the main ABC network. So it's not on something you have trouble finding. Uh, and to talk about that for just one second, because I make all these notes and never use them. Formula One's got three races to go. And I think Lewis Hamilton's pretty much got it in the bag. He's won four in a row. Six of the last seven and nine of the 17 races they've had so far this year. Dang. And they've got three races, well, actually four races to go counting tomorrow. they got Mexico on the 28th, Brazil on November 11th, and Abu Dhabi and uh, Saudi Arabia on the 25th of Thanksgiving weekend. So uh, I did get my Formula One stuff in there. Good for you. Good I'm for proud me. of you, yeah, well, I said, And I said I'll never get to Formula One today, but I did. And thank you, Nelson, for letting me say that. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, but uh, no, I got I, I, this is one thing. I know we got ain't got much time, but you know all the talk about the 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 Roval, the road course up there at Charlotte and everything. I got thinking about something. We coming up on Martinville. If Clay Earl wanted, to, Clay, I mean Clay Campbell wanted to do it, NASCAR or whatever, they could take out. They could, it could still be like Martinville, but they could take out, and when they go into turn three, going out there in the parking lot or whatever, and then, then do a few whoop-de-doos or whatever and come back and have about a 
mile and three quarter road course, and I think that'd be interesting, and that'd be completely reversible. But uh, I think about that last night. You know, if that, if that seems to be something that we need to be doing, uh, I'd hate to ever see Martinville uh, ruined. But it is a possibility, isn't it? Do we lose Nelson? Oh, there he is. <laughs> no, I think he's in stu- I think he's stunned. <laughs> I think you blew his mind with that one, Greg. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean to. It was just food for thought. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's keep Martinsville like it is, but uh, maybe go to the VIR or somewhere like that that's an existing growth course. Uh, but I think we talked about this before. You've got to have the infrastructure. You've got to have uh, lodging. You've got to have the highways to get them there. Uh you got to be able to cater to the our corporate people. So it's not just having a good racetrack. you got to have the rest of the stuff to go with it. Okay, one of the However, th- you could have a Thursday night race made for TV, uh, you know, like an all-star race, and you wouldn't have to have all that. You could have just down the racetrack. That makes good sense. Look, look one, one thing real quick I want to ask you, Nelson. Do you think, mate, you were talking about Gibbs cars earlier looking pretty good. Do you think they learned anything from Stuart Haas this past week and we may see them team up? Almost definitely. I want to uh, throw one thing out here. Last night was the last ARCA race, and uh, Sheldon uh, Creed won the ARCA championship, so they're done for the year. And uh, that race was at Kansas. In fact, it was on television, but I couldn't find it but it was supposed to be on some place and real quickly it was on that, FS, fs2 right well I, I don't i get fs1 fs2 they wanted some money or something uh, they wasn't on my plan <laughs> i wanted to ask you quickly about the truck race at talladega and i watched the end of that and um the guy that won at Tennessee, timothy peters i mean he flat took out the guy that was leading the race going down the back stretch and i believe that was todd gilliland did you did you catch any of that and did you because i thought it was just out and out dirty driving well, you know, then it goes back to what I said. The driver has a vested interest in the vehicle. Uh, and they've got to stop the blocking. Uh, you know, maybe it's just me, but I don't think that's racing. It looked more to me than than rather than blocking. It looked like he... It was like a bump draft, but he hit him on the, the right rear corner of the truck, and he was when he did that on the middle of the backstretch, he was gone. I mean, he, he had no control. It was more like a roller derby. Yeah, he just he just plowed through him. Yeah, I, I don't know if yeah, I well, like that move. I, I saw. No, that. normally you don't hit on the right rear. You normally hit on the left rear. Uh, but yo, you know, the drivers have to have more respect for each other and the and the vehicles. Well, Nelson, you. Uh, you be careful driving in the rain, coming back from your event, and uh, are you going to be up in Martinsville next week? Uh, more than likely. It just depends on uh, what other commitments I got. Well, I'll eat a couple of hot dogs for Greg. I know he's uh, his mouth starts watering every time I mention Martinsville. Oh, and um, you, uh, you take it easy, and we appreciate you coming on the show. You're the best. Great. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. That's Nelson Crozier. The smartest man in racing. Well, you said earlier was the smartest man in the world. Period. <laughs> well, I mean, he knows he knows everything from from real estate to to stock market to inside engines. 
and all kind of stuff. I mean, he just he he just knows it. We got to let him start plugging his business. I want to say one thing that we forget every week, and I'm going to say it right now. We appreciate so much the work that Lanny McKinney does for us. Um, he runs the Budmore website, and he has our podcast every week. And um, if you want to listen to any of our shows, he's got them all on. I didn't know anything about how to do this. Somebody taught me. You just go to if you got a smartphone, you just go to the podcast and. and podcast and type in start your engines and you'll uh, and you'll get them you can listen to all of them so and we appreciate you lanny we appreciate you very much lanny and for greg Thank and you, ronnie lanny. ronnie brown and uh he, he's ronnie he, who he's greg's cousin ronnie black i did it again <laughs> at least i got the name of the show right thank you for listening to start your engines and keep it between the fences You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Listen to our programming anywhere on the web at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports 1400, WSPG Spartanburg.